It's me, Sarah Russell, host of the Women's Domain podcast. And this, can you believe it, is episode four. Four episodes. If you missed the first three, go back and have a listen. But anyway, this one's a good one, because in this episode, I interview Megan Stabler, who is the Senior Vice President of Global Marketing at Big Commerce, who are our partners and sponsors of the Women's Domain. Megan has led such an extraordinary life and career, hugely successful. But for me, why I wanted to interview Megan and what I find so inspiring about her, just by following her on LinkedIn and networking and you know hearing about her journey, is that she has a real focus and desire to leave the world a better place than she found it. Not just for her, not just for her family and friends, but for all of us. And that really is a trait you want in a leader, as far as I'm concerned anyway. So I'm so grateful, not just for Megan's time, she did give up some of her vacation to do this with me, um, but for the insights that she shared with me. Um, I learned so much um, and I'm, I'm still thinking about the conversation we had now uh, a few weeks later. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to you guys listening to this and I really hope you enjoy it. So go on then, grab your headphones, plug them in. I mean, if it's before six o'clock, grab a cup of tea. If it's after, gin and tonic's fine. Um, and enjoy. It's a really good one. Thank you, Megan, for coming on the Women's Domain podcast. You're my fourth guest. That's awesome. It is, yeah. I'm so pleased that you're here. Um, and I know that I've interrupted your vacation as well. So no I'm... problem. No, work, work is always important to me. Excellent. Well, we couldn't do this campaign um, and focus on the representation of women or representation in general without speaking to you, particularly when we're look, focusing on the world of e-commerce and the world of technology anyway. So I guess I really wanted to get your insights on it and what representation means for you, because I've obviously done my research on you and people talk so highly of you. And you're, you've been very open before about your your journey and your lived experience and how um, I think you came out transitioning in 2004, so that's Correct, like yeah. nearly 20 years ago. And I'm old. Well. Scary. Honestly, I've been thinking the same thing recently. Yeah. All the grey hairs that my kids are giving me, but anyway. Um, and you would think that maybe the world's a different place now, mm. but I'd be really interested to know, like, what was that like for you, particularly in the world of business? Mm. What was the reaction? How did people react to it? And did you... Did you have any support? Uh, answer to the last question is relatively no. So I can come back to that as, as to why relatively no versus a pure no. So I was dealing, and as if, if people are now going to Google me, right? They go, who is this Megan Stable? So as they're Googling right now, let me sort of lay, lay the, the, the road, so to speak. So I transitioned in 2004 addressing something that I'd known since I was five or six years old, which tends to be the norm for a lot of trans people who are clearly able to articulate themselves. But this was in the 60s. And I grew up obviously in the late 60s. Thank you very much. And the 70s definitely don't look my age. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> I'm trying not to interrupt your flow. <laughs> no, but at the time there was nothing, right? So yeah. so to, to your point of support, right? I didn't know what to go search for or what to look up 
or how to explain. Wasn't right? Google, right? There was no Google, right? I mean, you used to go to the library and the little index yeah. cards to go find a book to pull out a book, but you didn't know what you were Googling or index carding on anyway, right? So I knew something was different and I just suppressed whatever it was and ignored it. And then I hit a time in my life where I knew that I had to do something about it, right? Because the stress was too much. I was a senior executive in a software company. Um, I'd done some turnarounds. I've done some startups. I've worked for established multi-billion dollar corporations. I was used to flying in a Gulfstream jet to meet people from the West Coast and stuff. Life was great, but I was suppressing me. I was Mm -hmm. hiding who I truly was, and that was adding depression and being upset right so I couldn't really do anything about it I felt because I was a senior executive and then I had to literally bite the bullet do I do I transition Mm -hmm. or do I end my life it was literally as pure as that you felt you couldn't do it because what you felt you had too much to lose or what you could yeah yeah I mean I had a I had a family I had a daughter I had people around me I had recognition in the media with Mm -hmm. investors I had recognition through PR I'd established myself as a software technology executive in the enterprise management space for well over two decades at that point so how do I go ahead and and sort of expose the real me without everybody else around me thinking I was a complete fraud and I'd lied to them about my entire life and all those things but my options weren't many right you either transition well, three. You either transition, you don't transition, you try to suppress it, or you end your life, right? And so that pressure for potential suicide drove me to say, yes, I need to go ahead and transition. And it's going to impact probably my career, more than likely my job, definitely going to impact my marriage, probably going to impact my family. Um, I'm going to have to take it and see what happens and if I can survive this and go through it. And it was that decision that impacted my career because the company I was at said, we love you, but we also can't have you meeting with customers because we fear that we're going to lose multi-million dollar contracts if you go ahead and do that. So, so you're okay. You're going to have a job, but just don't meet with customers. Don't talk. And by the way, you can't be a senior vice president, you can be a VP. Oh, by the way, the VP role, we really need you as a senior director. Oh, we can't really have you as a senior director because you don't have any direct reports anymore. You've got to be a director. Oh, you can't be a director anymore. You need to be a senior principal marketing manager. So you still got a job, you still have health insurance, and at the same time you're losing your marriage and your kid and all these other things. But be grateful because you've still got a job. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but, and, and, and the other part of your question, right, did I get the resources and support? There weren't a lot of trans people... Mm-hmm around that were visible at that point in time. There's the history that I grew up with, April Ashley, uh, Tula, who was a Bond girl, right, who was trans. There were a few names of books that I'd read and when I was growing up and thinking, oh my gosh, that is me, but I really can't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. And, and at the point in time when I transitioned and, and started my transition in 2004, there was no Laverne Cox, there was no... Janet Mock. There was no right shows like you know, um, oh Pose and others that that has more yeah. trans people on it. Um, but I decided I had to do it. Right, come hell or high water, I needed to survive. And I also felt that there were going to be other people like me that needed to have something that was visible. And for what I could do was lift people up, yeah. right, in my work environment and with colleagues and people that I interact with. Right, that I could help others that needed that help too. So I. The, the relatively no was I got some support, but it was new 
virgin ground for a lot of us to navigate through because there is no guidebook, right? To your point, there was no Google. So it's virgin territory for us to figure out. There was no real healthcare. How do you go get and get go ahead and get hormones? How do you find a therapist? How do you go ahead and get clinically diagnosed? From that, what do I need to do to remove the facial hair and everything else and then go through complete transition. And this was in the States, wasn't it? This was in the so States. So this is not as if you have the NHS or anything like that? Or Well, even here in the UK, right? Mm-hmm. The NHS does have a process and they had a, a process back then, but it was really through Charing Cross okay. and very limited on going through that whole process and waiting periods and time to go through it, right? But no, this was in the US that I did it. I mean, every country tends to be a little bit different. And there's only a few surgeons, for example, that I would recommend in North America, if you're gonna go have all your surgery, that I would say go do it. There are a lot more nowadays, and there's a lot more acceptance, right, um, of the trans community in 2022, when we're recording this, than there was in 2012, than there was in 2002, than there was previously. So I think every every decade there's a step change on awareness and acceptance of trans people as well. So when you were, when you were going through that, because you you said that it was a choice of either becoming who you knew you were mm-hmm. or ending your life, mm-hmm. and 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 then you make that decision and you transition, and then parts of your life in a way are are taken away from you anyway Mm -hmm. so you don't have the career that you've built up you Mm -hmm. don't you you almost have to start from scratch again Mm -hmm. would it be fair to say that kind of what kept driving you a little bit was that did you did you think at that time I can I can help others I can if I'm one of the first then it's you put that responsibility on you at that even at that time it wasn't one of the first it was I am finally able to be honest about the who Megan is. Megan had always raised her hand and said, don't forget about me. Mm. And he had always said, push it down, mm. suppress it, hide it. Because anybody that gets to see the true you is going to think that you're dot, 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 whatever their word you know, would be to, to associate you with, the label that, that they want to put on you or the box that they want to put you in. So she had always raised her, her, her hand to say, I'm still here. What I had wanted to do, though, was not change who I am as a person, humor, leadership, growing people, helping others, putting my hand behind and pulling others forward and saying, you know what? Yes, there's ignorance and a bunch of other stuff that goes on in the world. And I'm going to push my way through it as much as I can through my visibility and through my leadership because recognition of le- in leadership is we're all vulnerable we all have things that we're dealing with on our daily lives you talked about kids being a parent is is stressful I'm a single parent I have a 10 year old that I adopted it is stressful just thinking about uh, the marketing budget that I get to run and the international marketing that I have and product management and strategy and M&A and a bunch of other things And then thinking to myself, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to leave the office now to get my kid from school. Oh my gosh, I don't have any fresh strawberries in the refrigerator (laughs) for her too. Do I have enough time to go to the store before I pick her up or after I pick her up? And if I pick her up afterwards, she's probably going to want to pick up something else from the store that I don't want her to have, like candy or something. So there's a lot of ridiculous thoughts that we all go through. So we're all the same people internally. It's just that I chose to live my life as truthfully as I could and go through a very public transition, come hell or high water, whether I have a job or I don't have a job, and also be recognized in my own flaws that if I don't have a job, 
I'll find something, even if it's cleaning up something, hotel rooms, toilets, whatever it is. I need to be happy and to die as the person that I've known myself to be for decades. I'll put it that way. Because I watched um, Big Commerce on their Instagram. They had a video of you. Um, it was over Pride. Right. And I loved what you said about just just be you because everyone else is taken. Mm. And actually that resonates across the board mm. with everyone when you, you know, I think my experience as a woman, you know, that constant feeling of being feeling like you're being judged yep. or critiqued yep. so you feel like if I'm in if I was sat in a room of uh, white males right now would I I'd probably would I feel different and right. I, would I act differently would I think differently and it's just that what you said really kind of resonated with me well and and just what you drew then as a vision is exactly what I was seeing as a white male privileged executive but my brain wasn't white male. Mm-hmm. My brain was female brain mm-hmm. watching exactly what you painted as a room, right? With dudes, guys, over-talking a female. And also, if one of my female colleagues had suggested something, they would quite easily come up and say, well, I think we should be doing that. And be like, Mandy just talked about that. Let's go back to Mandy and get her ideas and pull them back forward. Because I'd also observed guys taking on dismissing the female point of view. Mm-hmm. And so for me as, a, as an exec, and, and I'll, I'll wrap up this part of the story with what some of the, the, the wonderful women in my office said back in the 2000s, when I finally came out, mm-hmm. because I was sitting in meeting rooms, I mean, trying to make sure that everybody had a voice. And it's not just male, female. It's also people of color mm-hmm. as well. And making sure that you have diversity of thought and bring people in. So when I'm in a meeting room, I'm observant. I'm aware of everything that is happening around me. I'm aware of facial features and seeing people that are leaning in with their body language but are not getting the ability to talk or are sitting back cross-armed because they wanted to say something but they've been pushed out of the conversations. And uh, uh, several of the women at, at the software company I was at in Houston, after we had announced, because we had to announce that Megan is transitioning, uh, came up to me afterwards and just said, thank God. We always thought there was something unique about you, right? Old name. Um, and now we know why, because you're, you're one of us. But you used to observe us in rooms and protect us or stop a conversation and lift up our voices, bring us back to the table and to that conversation, right? And so I've seen it from both sides. And I've seen the patriarchy. I've seen the maleness, right? The domination, the eagle players, the A-stars, right? That get the things, the way the resumes were written, the job descriptions were put out, the way the, the sales team had to be the biggest gung-ho. All right, we did this deal. Let's go down to the pub and have let's a little bit of banter. Let's go. Yeah, let's <laughs> go. And it's like, that is so male, mm. right? And how are we... How do we look at business to be more inclusive? And and the reason that inclusivity and you could say equality, I'm going to talk about equity is so important to me, is that um, we in the e-commerce business, right, our merchants have shoppers. So we're selling to merchants who, for e-commerce platforms, use big commerce, use whatever, pull in these tech apps, do the tech stack, build it, release it, and push it out there to the world so you're now selling. But your sellers are a community of people all over the place. Could be all over the world. And so we have to be representative of the diversity that we sell to 
from a merchant perspective and then from a merchant shopper perspective. And so it's important that when I look at a room, when I look at a Zoom like we've been doing for the last couple of years through lockdown or at least on the calls we had to do is who are the faces that I'm seeing even internally at big commerce and are we diverse? Do we have people that are in the LGBTQ community or maybe a little far reading, leaning on the right or on the left? Do we have diversity male, female? Do we have diversity of color, African-American or you know, Pacific Islander that are, that are bringing forward? And, and can we bring in their voices? Because that helps innovate. That helps create new good solutions for merchants. Well, I think, you know, diversity, it's good for business. You know, it, it impacts the bottom line positively. Diversity is good for business as long as it's not for Pride Month, sure. yeah. right? Or is it as long as it's not for X month, right, yeah. as you go through it. Diversity should be a sinew, right, a tendon mm. through everything that we do every day. And the, how, the way that we build a product, design a product, the UX for the product, sell the product, market the product... That diversity of thought needs to be in every aspect and not just, yeah, I mean, authenticity, but it needs to be continuous DNA is probably a better way to describe it. Yeah, I mean, because the women's domain, we we came up with the the idea for the campaign because it was coming up to International Women's Day. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've been in marketing for a while now and I've seen what happens every International Women's Day. Um, and it's all great, but it's, you know, this is when we'll take a photo of all the females in the office and hashtag diversity yeah, matters. And then bye-bye, see you later. And then next year. And it's fine with that, you know, I'm fine with that. But then we kind of sat down and we were talking about, well, what do we want to do? And we weirdly, a group of marketing uh, people, we are all women, mm-hmm. you know, that's really unusual. Not, uh, But it's like wondering, you know, we're looking at 5.8 as a business, like we've only got one female web developer, we've only got one female in leadership, what does that, you know, surely this, you know, we're looking then across the board of the industry and think, well, well actually, let's, let's talk about that, let's mm-hmm. talk to the women that are out there already talking about this and try and get some sort of prospect on it. But yeah, totally. And I think what I really loved what you said earlier about about representation, about being visible and then holding your hand back and mm-hmm. bringing people with you because people are so tired of me using this analogy. But I love the, um, I listened to a TED talk from Amber Hikes and she was talking about lifting others while you climb mm-hmm. and that idea of the ladder and taking those steps and not not dragging people up behind you, like mm-hmm. letting them take the steps themselves, but showing them the way, yep. you know, and how key that was. Yeah, and it shouldn't just be for the female quotient of the world to do it right men have a role to play in this and so it's it is for everybody to do that and it's it's how we look at every layer of a company right just as you said from the the front-end web stack developer all the way through to the c-suite if you're big enough to have that c-suite or into the board of directors level as well right we have to look at everything and 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 i love how you joked on yourself about well we're women we're marketers right and that's and we always right it tends to be that or hr yeah right are the, are the two ones and so there, there are some moves by you know investment companies like goldman sachs to get more diversity on boards but the quota that they suggested for any company i think i can't remember if it's them or nasdaq and so i'm going to screw this one up but right it's like one diverse person on a board I'm sorry. <laughs> it can't be six white guys and a female or six white guys and an Indian. Mm. Right? You've you, you got to have... Uh, you've got to look at the goodness of people and what they can bring. 
So for me, it's it's it is important that everybody plays a role on equity in a company and diversity in a company. I'm looking at like a company like Five Eight though, like what? Because I what I'd really like at the end of this campaign is for us to know not just as individuals but as a business what we can do, the size that we are, the the work that we do, what how we can make an impact. Social, social media. Yeah. Um, Maybe giving back to the, the local community, right? Seeing the, mm. the 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 challenges that our inner cities are facing, right? Mm. In education and learning, right? I think a lot of entrepreneurs come up from the fact that they don't have a great education. They just want to get out there and try something new and do it. So um, small companies or large companies, back to our diversity shouldn't be a thought for a month, right? Is your investment as a large corporation or your capability as a small company... Uh, it needs to be measured on what are you doing for local impact. Maybe there's a technology school. Maybe there's there's somewhere that is, you know, as we churn out computers and laptops, that they can be rehomed and rehoused to help others. Maybe there's study in GraphQL programming languages or something that you can go train people and do it. Maybe there's you know women who code, women who tech, women who do something, right? Black girls who tech, black girls who code, right? There's those types of programs that we can bring back. And I guarantee you're going to find the next innovator. You're going to find the next great programmer, right, who happens to be, you know, female uh, in them. So whether you're a small or you're a large corporation, it's just about doing that action yeah. of doing something in that local community and then being consistent with it. Consistency. Yeah. yeah definitely key. I did want to ask you whether the, all the work that you do, because all the initiatives, that the, the DNI initiatives, the mentoring, every, the, you know, your senior vice president of, you know, of market, global marketing, but you also do all of this as well. Um, do you ever get a sense of overwhelm? Like, is it ever too much? Because there's a lot to shoulder. Yeah, I mean, there's a balance, right? So I try to, I'm on the board of a number of organizations, mm. but I keep the balance of my board work uh, to weekends or to evenings. Okay. And at the same time, I do work in the evenings as well. So I am a workaholic. Um, for me, though, I've got a short amount of time on this planet. Everybody does. We're a speck of dirt yeah. <clears throat> on this wonderful spaceship called Earth, right? Which is another speck of dirt hurtling through the universe, right? We have a thin slice of time to change the world to make it a better place. And so for me, it's trying to make it a lot easier for, for those that are around me. Um, I try to balance my workload mm-hmm. a lot. I try to make sure that I am uh, bringing humanity to the conversation, the people that I'm working with, um, making sure that I see them in everything that they do and celebrate their wins as they're doing things and successes and ultimately being available. So there, there is a balance mm-hmm. um, as far as taking on too much, I think there's an emotional drain yeah. um, to it, even as a trans person. Um, just here in the cab this morning, you know, the cab driver goes, thank you, sir. I was like, oh, you know, it just got me, right? So there's yeah. always those indicators. I can't change my voice. That's the only thing I yeah. can't do. I think I'm extremely passable otherwise, but I can't. And so that lets me down. So I'm always bearing that, cross so to speak as a scar wherever I go mm. where somebody's going to size me up weigh me up and go and put me into a label that's probably the only emotional drain that I have there are other emotional p- 
campaigns right now going on what's happening in America. Yeah. And obviously, you know, my history is I was born in York, yeah. England. I'm from here. I moved to the States 32 years ago. America is not the country that I moved to 32 years ago. It's changed. It's getting so um, angry with itself and the different populations. Yeah. That's That pains me a lot. Uh, I was, I was going to ask you about Roe versus Wade mm. and, and what's been happening. Well, not even just that. <coughs> just mm. and I, in, you know, even in this country, going back to Brexit and mm. everything that's happened. I mean, it's all you know. These are bigger topic or you know topics outside specifically this, but all that work that people like you have done. Mm. You know, does it sometimes feel like we're going backwards? Because yeah, but that's when you also know you're winning, right? Okay. Yeah, I, I look at it saying that the hardliners, those people that are really anti-women, anti-choice, anti-trans, anti-dot-dot-dot, get more and more vocal because we're getting more and more seen, Yeah. right? And so I'd, I'd, I'd love to put a positive spin on it, as bad as it is, and say that it's because we're winning that they're getting angrier and getting more vocal. And it's, for, for that side, it's only a vocal minority, right? What we need to do now is make sure that we capture that energy and that emotion that we felt when Roe versus Wade was overturned. And obviously, you know, I'm on the board of Planned Parenthood, mm-hmm. so we had not forewarning, but we were aware that the likelihood that Roe versus Wade was going to be overturned was high based off of the cases, the, the law cases that have been circulating through the, the federal courts and stuff. So we were prepared for it and wishing at the same time that it wasn't going to happen. And then when it happened, it's going to mobilize, right? The amount of women on the Republican side that have also come out and said, this is atrocious, right? We're literally going back. I don't know if you can say it's to the 50s. I think it's pre-50s, right? And the majority of the state level laws that are being enacted right now are being enacted by white old men right and they are not seeing the consequences on and i'm going to say women and girls Mm -hmm. right because there was just a case of a 10 year old 10 year old in ohio that was pregnant now i won't go into the history of what happened to get her pregnant right that's obscene in Mm -hmm. itself But because she was six weeks and two days or six weeks and three or four days, um, she couldn't have an abortion. She has to go to Indiana, I think it was, or another state to have that abortion. Well, first off, a 10-year-old. Secondly, putting somebody through that trauma now and having to go through it. And then there's the other side saying, well, she should carry it to full term and probably have the baby. Well, she should see it as an opportunity is what I... Um, it's it's not. I mean, the, the, there are there are also cases of people that can't see it as an opportunity, right? If we if we're not investing in the support network and the help and the infrastructure, and you basically you have the baby and that's it. You're on your own, and there's no in the U.S. right. There's no healthcare system. No maternity leave is there. There's no anything? limited maternity yeah. leave if you can get it, right? We have extreme poverty mm-hmm. uh, and it's widening just like it is here in the UK as well. Mm-hmm. So government infrastructure is left to local government infrastructure and that's not there to help. So the people that are rattling their sabers from the, the, the front saying, this is all good stuff and it's great for women and you know nobody should have an abortion. We're all pro-life. At the same time, 
they're all saying we're all so pro-guns and everybody's second amendment and then we have what just happened in the chicago neighborhood right of highland park and we have what happened in my state of texas in uvalde and and other states right there's 320 mass shootings that have gone on so far this year in the united states right it's a different country when i when i landed here in the uk in june to start my vacation women had choice women could have abortion albeit there was restrictions in some states when i go back to the states it's done yes there are states like california with with the governor that said no you know we're enshrining that a woman's right to have an abortion is going to be there but in my state of texas it's a no and surrounding states it's a no right and i think that's atrocious i have a 29 year old and i have a 10 year old yeah i worry for both of them because the next stages are what are the local states going to enact in terms of birth control yeah right and and put in place that restrict things even further and then because the rights argument which is what Clarence Thomas and and a couple Mm -hmm. of the other Supreme Court justices made their decision based on what is that going to do for other laws such as Obergefell which gave us same-sex marriage in the United States where he was the lead plaintiff or what does it bring for Lawrence versus Texas which is the sodomy laws in the United States and pull us back and I know some people have said, well, Clarence Thomas, when he listed those uh, things that were fundamental rights that could be overturned, didn't list Loving versus Virginia, yeah. which is completely different, right? Yeah. That is about race, which is enshrined into, you know, Title VII and, and other things. So we've, we've, got, we've got a backwards America coming up to a really fundamental crossroads in what we call the midterms. So our midterms are in November. That's when you know we're going to be voting again for House of Representatives, which get elected every two years, and some senators, which get, who get elected every six years, and that's why the midterms are important for what the future of the republic that they call they, they call the United States or democracy is about, because if it sways again too far to the right, women, minorities. Everybody in between it is going to lose a fundamental freedom. You know, it's, it's meant to be for the land of the free, home of the brave. You're not going to be free, right? Government tyranny is going to be there. So it's a very different America that, that I'll be flying back to uh, later in July. Um, and I will continue the fight. I will continue to make sure that I'm pulling back and, and pulling other you know, minorities and women forward, making sure I'm creating a path and shining a light. Mm. I'm going to continue to advocate for all the causes that, that, that I believe in and also mentor as many people as I can to show them that, that there is light at the end of the tunnel. And as Harvey Milk said, who's sort of one of our LGBTQ pioneers, you know, you've got to give them hope. And I think that's the only thing that we can balance it on. So I put a positive spin on all of that and say, hey, they're pushing back because we're winning more. We won. Because we're getting stronger. We're getting stronger. And what I hope is that women and minorities and gay and lesbian and bi and trans and gender non-conforming, all the colors of the rainbow, mm-hmm. um, do stand up and push back. And if it happens here in the UK, we push back on the government mm-hmm. and, and, and fight back on this thing. It's, it's going to get to that stage. Because looking at the e-commerce industry as businesses, because you know we're not we're not small fish. The e-commerce industry have a great impact on the economy. And do you think businesses within our 
sphere should be outspoken. So when Roe versus Wade was overturned, do you think more businesses should... I know it's a difficult mm-hmm. thing to do, and like you, you, don't, you want it to be authentic. Yeah. Um, but for instance, I know that our, our friends at Dot Digital, they, they announced that they were going to support yeah. um, their employees with whatever, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, they, whatever they needed for their healthcare. Yeah. Um, do you feel like when it comes to representation, when it comes to matters like this, we should be a bit political? We should, we should raise our voices? It, I don't know if it's being political. I think it's doing the right thing for your employees, right? And somebody else can write the narrative and give you the adjective or whatever it is that you're being too political on it. I don't care. It's about what matters to your employee base and what matters to your DNA Mm -hmm. inside of the company. So you talk about authenticity. I talk about it as far as DNA. What is the fundamental DNA of Mm 5.8 or big commerce, right? And and we talk about... um, (coughs) <coughs> for us that we're ambitious, right? We want to be humble in the way that we approach our employees. We have employees in the business and we want to be ambitious in the things that we do. We want to bring, and I used the word before, humanity, right? Yeah. I think it's what, what makes sense to be the right thing to do and that's the fundamental question. It's not political. I think people get scared though. I think businesses or leaders, um, some leaders get scared um, when it comes to your point about humanity and DNA and what you really want but then worry that you're going to say the wrong thing or not do it right or but I guess that comes from a, if you're not coming from a place of authenticity or, or there's a balance right. on every side right yeah. of you're going to have people probably in your company that feel no we shouldn't be offering these things yeah. because if I don't get it well why should they get it right mm. um, but leadership is all about making those courageous decisions and saying no this is who we are who we stand for and if you don't want to work for us, then okay, you know. Get on the bus or... <laughs> get on the bus, get a cab, get a taxi, get, get whatever it is. See a pal. Yeah, but it's, I think it's, it's about having, you know, it's, it's, you know, what is the DNA, what is the morals, what is the, uh, what is the standard flag that we're going to be flying, that who we are, right? Because there are more positive people in the world than there are negative mm-hmm. And there is a vocal minority in any country or in any company. Um, you don't have to broadcast everything that you're doing as a company. You just have to make sure that when people need something in confidence, they can have access to it. It's yeah, it's, it's doing things the right way, and like you say, you don't you don't have to shout about it because actually, if you're on a journey as a business anyway, and like you say, you're starting with that small community group in the, in the city, Birmingham or wherever, or London, mm-hmm. wherever you are. And you're learning. Mm-hmm. If you don't know how to fix things yet, just go out there and learn how to fix it. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to get it on Instagram yet. You can you can wait until you feel like you know you've done what you need. You know you've, you've done something. But if you're in that learning process, we don't have to get it on Instagram. Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat, and whatever else is out there, right? No that, idea. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's that's those are vocal public platforms. Yeah. And once you put things out there boy, you're going to get the pros and you're going to get the cons, right? You're going to get the people that are against you. I've, I've had it, and so I'm limited in what I put out there unless I'm complaining about a hotel and, <laughs> and stuff like that. But, you know, it's about treating your employee and being transparent. That's another word we haven't really talked about. Being transparent to your employees as to why you're making the decision you are, mm. right? And if you're going to support, you know, somebody, you know, 
giving them time off and some funding you know, for an abortion or not, or for adoption or not, or for IVF treatment or not, or for dot, dot, dot. You've just got to make the decision. That, that's what a leader should be doing, mm. is just make the decision. Does it feel right? Is it the right thing to do? Is it the right time to do it? If it does, just make the decision, right? Absolutely. And I couldn't, I could not ask you. I'm sort of just beginning my my journey as a woman in leadership, particularly in the e-commerce space. It's all new to me. And I, what you were saying earlier about when you're in that room and you could hear someone being spoken over, you stop the conversation, you advocate for them, and you mm-hmm. and you put yourself in that position. You know, I want to make sure that I'm being the best leader that I can be, and sometimes it's fight it's quite hard to find that voice it's quite um you don't you can see things happening but it's, it's i guess it's about being brave and sort of speaking up sometimes and it's exactly right you, you you've, i think you've given yourself the same answer it's about you mm. right unfortunately you we've we've got to be given we're not going to be given the opportunity to speak sometimes so it's about inserting yourself into the conversation with reasonable thought factual backup and evidence and a commanding presence right we've we've got to insert ourselves in and lead right and i think anybody can do it and if other pieces of advice i'd sort of say is find yourself some mentors outside or inside right and also don't be again this is just my opinion don't be afraid to have courageous conversations Mm -hmm. And say, hey, Bill, I don't think you got a bill there, right? Um, when you said this, this is how it made me feel. Can I recommend? So the, there used to be um, some things. So I'm now digging back two decades into um, one of the things we used to talk about was OIR, observe, impact, and recommend. Hey, Bill, I observed that you did, said, right, this. The impact on me when you said that was this. Can I just recommend that next time you try, right, to change it? So we've got to have those courageous conversations, and it's got to be done in we're bringing you a gift. We're bringing you a gift of recognizing that you could be part of what we've already talked about, which is men have to be part of this conversation to change things too. So this is not me really getting at you and telling you you're wrong and pointy 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 which i also tell people is don't point the finger because when you point a finger you've got three fingers pointing back at you right so don't be pointy 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 but it's observe impact recommend and and bring the conversation down into safe spaces bring it into courageous conversations and hey when you've got a minute can we just chat about something you know i observed that this happened and when it happened the impact was this can I recommend next time we're in this situation, we, we change it? But from a leadership position of view, it's insert into the conversation. Be authentic, be genuine, bring it with, with fact, confidence, which is, is your word that you use in that too. It's just, I, I'm, I, you, you have a seat at the table. Yeah. Now, if you're feeling you don't have a voice, you've got to insert yourself into that conversation. And guess what? You'll find that that conversation widens that you're going to be seen as, hey, we haven't heard from you yet. What's up with you? Yeah, no, I think, I definitely feel like I have a voice. I think I, I, this is different for everyone, but I think 
I definitely suffer a little bit from imposter syndrome. Mm. And it feels like that's a buzzword that's used quite a lot now. But I do find that when I speak to a lot of women, even in just in this industry, it's something when I say that, they're like, oh, yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. And it's and it could be about anything, really. And I think it's just it's recognising what those feelings are so that you can internally do the work to... Recognising what those feelings are, but I also think it's about not judging yourself. Mm. Because we're our harshest critics on everything, right? We're looking at hair, we're looking at makeup, we're looking at clothes, we're looking at everything, right? We're often our harshest critic on who we are, and we're gorgeous. And we're beautiful, right? Damn straight. Right? (laughs) So now it's about, okay, if that's how I'm feeling, I need to move that judgment off of me, Mm. right? And, And move that away. It's okay to be brave. It's okay to even be vulnerable. And it's okay to insert yourself into the conversations. We've been told, women have been told for so long that you're not the same as or this isn't for yeah. you or you can't be you're involved in this, right? Um, but we do a lot of that comparison. And my only ask is that once you remove that self-judgment part to yourself, you don't become the thems that then don't lean behind you to pull others up yeah. into that conversation. So I think we're our own harshest critics. I mean... For goodness sake, the amount of times that I spend in, in the mirror, just <laughs> hair straight. Do I look okay? Is this going to happen? Does this go with this? Am I looking at, as far as a guy goes, I'm sure it's just like quick out of the shower, hair is dried, right? I'm putting a suit on and away I go. Yeah. And I'm probably painting a bunch of people go, no, 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 I spend a lot of time doing this. Well, that's great. But it's, it's, I think women have already earned the right to be at the table a long, 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 long time ago. And it's, we've got to stop the, the, the patriarchy we've got to straight stop this male dominated world because women have already proven on themselves whether it's combat flying i mean yeah. you, you name the industry right yeah. i can't pick on an industry where we're probably not already in so for goodness sake you know stand up and be proud absolutely and i think just to add on to that don't be afraid to be brave but also don't be afraid to not be perfect. Correct. You don't have to get things perfect every time. And I feel like that fear of self or judgment. Yeah, I have it too. That you, you don't want to, because you feel the judgment will be harsher if you get it wrong. And then I think in some ways it is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a woman makes a mistake at work, you could argue, has a different repercussion to a man making the same mistake. Mm-hmm. But it's that idea that don't wait for it to be perfect. Don't, don't, be quiet until you think that you're going to get the response you want. Be brave. And along the way, it's okay to ask for feedback. Ask for feedback. Ask for help. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Because community, I think, I think one of the things I've found doing this campaign is that women thrive in a community or feel when they're, when they're collaborating, when they're sharing ideas, when they're talking. Um, I feel like that. I don't think it's just unique to women, but I certainly feel like that is something that, um, that we really get a lot out of, I think. I'm with you. I think humanity is is around the we want to help. How can I help you? How can I help? And you? nobody's going to help you if you don't ask them. Mm-hmm. And and what I used to say, to, I used to run sales organizations. What I say to my sales folks is, you're already at a no if you don't ask. So ask. Worst that's going to happen is they say, hey, no, or not right now, or could you come back in a little bit, or could you go ask this person, or something like that. But at least you asked. 
So it, it's always be asking, right? Just like ABC, always be closing a deal, right? You know, ABA, do the ABBA, you know, always be asking and, and stuff like that. And, and don't be afraid to ask for help or, you know, don't be afraid to say to somebody, hey, I saw that in your career you did this. How did you, how did you make that sidestep and move up? Or how did you advance? Or when you've been in a tough situation such as this, how have you navigated around it? Could you... Could you, do you have five minutes for a coffee to explain yeah. that with me? And it, I think people are more prone to helping than they are to putting up blockers. And your point about mentoring, I think, don't be... I think, you know, lots of people have said to me before, Rupert has suggested, you know, you need to find yourself a mentor. Mm-hmm. How do I start? Like, you know... You ask. You well, I mean, we go back to how we open it up, right? I had nobody that was visible mm-hmm. to me really as a trans person that had been out there was a wonderful trans woman called Donna Rose that I became very close to that did give me a lot of advice but I had to start by asking her hey Mm -hmm. how did you do right all of these types of things from a mentoring perspective it's hey look is it a career mentor I want is it a personal mentor I want I know that I'd like to have a physical trainer help me with my body you know those types of things right all those things but, you know, who, who around me, right? In the e-commerce world, there are a ton of women mm. in different places that are leading companies, that are executives, that are running marketing, that joke on marketing, but are also on the technical side as well. Right? Marketing's an awesome job, by the way. Like, <laughs> There's nothing wrong with marketing, but I, I know a lot of awesome, like, VPs of product that are women too. And that's, but it's finding the people, right? I mean... I love our uh, VP of Omni and Growth, Sharon Gee. I love CMO Lisa. Um, our CM, uh, our uh, CHRO as well, Sherry Manning. You know, there are people that you just want to connect to and maybe have that conversation. How, how did you? How did you? Amazing. Thank you, Megan. Thank I you. mean, I don't want to take up all your vacation with a podcast or anything but hey it's a work day today i'm fine it's a work day well i really appreciate you coming to talk to yeah, us anytime. um it's been it's been amazing really it's been really insightful and um i can't wait to put this together and get it out I, i'm glad you're doing it let's let's build the community of help and you know my only other thing was would be say network network mm. the hell out of linkedin network at conferences right and and don't just network with people that are like you mm-hmm. network with the others that look different and ask them how and why you know the how can I help you and how did you get here and stuff it's another level of being brave that networking total yeah. go into a room and if you find one person that's sitting in a corner go talk to them go talk to them brilliant alright well thank you very much Megan yeah. excellent thank you thank you Just be you, because everyone else is taken. I loved that when I heard it for the first time, and I really hope it resonated with you guys too. Huge thank you to Megan and the entire team at Big Commerce for their support with our campaign. As always, I'm eternally grateful to the 518 for their unwavering support in helping me put this podcast together. And last, but by no means least, thank you, our listeners, for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share the love by liking or rating it. Uh, To make sure you never miss out on an episode, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next time, bye-bye.